Today, in part two of this two-part episode, we reconnect with Annie, who shared with us last week her struggle with chronic pain and her 13-year wait for closure on a car accident that completely changed her life. Three weeks later, Annie and I met to discuss how she felt about the conversation with Ron. We'll find out if she tried the experiments he suggested, uh, if she had any big takeaways from the discussion, and what the future looks like from her perspective. I love that she came to the conversation present and transparent, intent to share her story honestly for your benefit. I've already learned so much about myself from the time I've spent with her, and I really hope you will too. Hey, it's Ron Thiessen. Welcome to another episode of the Human Being Project by The Change Evolutionist, where my daughter Janelle and I explore the difference between being and doing. In a world of constant distractions, sky-high expectations, and the relentless pursuit of more, we examine what would happen if we made space for more being and less doing. So, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> That's good. You look well. I, I know our listeners can't see you, but you do look well. That's great. Thanks. So, I'm just wondering, did the session uh, that you had with Ron, or the one-on-one, did you feel that it provided some clarity or or some direction for you? Yes, abso- absolutely. And I have to say that after the session, I was completely exhausted. Mentally, I was exhausted. It was like if I was I had run a marathon and all I wanted I wanted to take a nap. I wanted to shut <laughs> yeah. down and and go to bed after that uh, podcast. I that's how tired I was. I think it was just you know having talked about the last 13 years of my life and the questions that Ron had asked, mm-hmm. but uh, it did provide a lot of clarity. And in fact, it made me think of two things. It made me think of the past 13 years and how that had impacted my life. And the second thing was for the first time, I actually felt excited about what's to come next. I had like a feeling of excitement about the future. And Oh, I love that. Yeah. And uh, after speaking with Ron, I realized that it was one of the questions he had asked. I realized that I had never allowed myself to dream about what I could do and what I could accomplish in the future. And Mm. now I think I can give myself permission to do that. And so that was one thing. And the other thing that I think is really important is after speaking with Ron, it's given me focus, a little more fo- focus. I'm not going to say I'm totally focused, but <laughs> it's given me some focus and some sense of direction. And that's so important for me because I was completely lost, especially the last year. So um, I'm so appreciative of that. And uh I'm, I'm so thankful, you know, mm, that's yeah. great to hear. So I feel in a better place because of that. And I'm constantly thinking back to the podcast and mm. things that we talked about. And it's, it was really powerful. It was a really powerful moment. What about implementation? Did, were you able to implement any of the takeaways from, from the session? I know he gave you some kind of homework, like the experiments or whatever. Yeah. Did you so, have a chance to do that? 
implementing something for me in my daily life is probably one of the hardest things for me to do. Mm. And if, if you remember during the podcast, I had kind of slipped in that like by nature, I'm a nervous person. And then after I had my accident, I started suffering from anxiety. And um, Mm. so for me, I know some people can maybe relate to that, you know, after COVID or during COVID, there was a lot of, you know, the government put a lot of emphasis on our mental state and how people are doing on a psychological level because people started suffering from anxiety and depression and, and all, all types of things. And I think the fact that we were all so isolated really had a negative impact on everybody. But for me, I remember during the pandemic, I remember telling people that it didn't change a thing for me living the pandemic because for the 13 years after my accident, I lived an isolated life. I was very, very isolated from everybody because when you suffer from chronic pain, you don't want to go out. You don't want to see people. You don't want to show yourself you don't feel good most of the time and a lot of the time too a lot of people judge you because sometimes they don't understand your pain and Mm. so you tend to shy away from going out to a lot of places and so I isolated myself slowly in the beginning and then then it became very drastic and then I started suffering from social anxiety. Um, Oh, yeah. And so it became very hard for me after to go back out. (laughs) So when Ron, I'm, it's something I'm still working on now. Uh, It's probably not at its worst. It's, it's getting a lot better. But so when Ron gave me the homework, I think one of the things he said for me to do was to go just one time to an animal shelter uh, and just, you know, maybe one hour or one time, I think he he suggested. I didn't say it at the, in the moment, but I mean, <laughs> inside I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, because <laughs> my anxiety level was, I was just imagining, you know, I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to see people, I'm going to have to, yeah. I wasn't the animals that stressing me out no no I leave the house and interact with people and having to do all that if it was just the animals I'd be fine but (laughs) (laughs) did you start to sweat a little when he said (laughs) I started to sweat a little bit you know so for me it's not even about the pain at that point it's about the anxiety first Mm -hmm. and then it's like then having to think about pain and all that if it's going to be a good day a bad day but I have to get around the anxiety first. So I could have answered your question and said, oh, it's great, but I, I want to be transparent and, and say, you know, I didn't do that homework, but it is something that I, I'm going to strive to do because I do want to do it. And I do want to uh, overcome that anxiety. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is an objective of mine because I, I do think... I really do believe that going to an animal shelter is something that I'm going to be very passionate about if Mm -hmm. I can overcome that initial anxiety of getting there. 
So maybe that experiment was a little bit too big to start because I know he says this numerous times. He says, if it's too big, if it's just too much right off the bat, backpedal, like break that down into the 10 steps it takes to get there, right? Is that what you were just going to say? I was just going to say that you stole the words. I'm sorry. No, it is exactly. So for me, that's the ultimate goal. I see it as being the ultimate goal. And and then I'm just going to do small things in the meantime. And then looking at that as as the ultimate goal exactly so so for now I, f- I found like a project you know there was also the the, the crafting and the arts mm-hmm. and and things like that that I I do like to do so I've I've actually narrowed it down to I found a, a project that I'm going to start off with doing and uh it's actually it's it's pretty simple there but it's 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 my first project <laughs> simple is good <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna repaint the my front door to the house oh cool I, I think it's um actually symbolic also uh i think it's it's gonna give an you know it's the front door to the house so it's yes. an important project because it's what everybody sees from the outside and um so it's kind of important i don't want to just paint it any color and you know i i can't i can't kind of make a mistake (laughs) so Mm. there's kind of weight on it um but um you know uh i've chosen my color uh i have to go buy the paint now and uh, and then i have to just make sure that for the next few days when i'm going to do it that there's no rain and anything and then i'm off i go I'm curious why you can't make a mistake. It's the color of a front door. Like this isn't life or death, right? You could paint that that door six times. <laughs> That's my perfectionist side that can't make a mistake. But oh. <laughs> it's uh, I just I just meant it in the sense that you know, like for sure you can make a mistake. You just have to restart. But I mean, in the sense that you can't make a mistake. How did I mean that? Well, it's the front door. I mean, everyone's going to be looking at it. You don't want to. You don't want to do it wrong. I mean, you honestly think anyone's going to care if your front door has some mistakes? Like if it's the right, you got to remember this is perception, right? Some people are going to look at your front door if it's turquoise and be like, that's the best. And some people are going to say, if you've chosen like a natural beige, they're going to be like, that's so boring or that's awesome. Right. And and I don't mind. I I realize that not everyone's going to like the color that I chose. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, a mistake in the sense of, um, you know, getting paint kind of all out of the lines or things like that. Like, I want to do it right, uh, do a, a nice job, I guess I should say. Um, mm. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not an expert in painting doors, but, you know, it'll be the first time I paint the front door to a house. Uh, I think I can manage it, uh, but uh, I, I guess I meant it in that sense too. But I, you know, I'm going to give it a try. I don't think it's if if I screw it up, the worst that can happen is um, start over. Start over, exactly. Or Annie, what if you just let it sit there with a mistake on it, or with some paint outside the lines for a few weeks and just looked at it every time you walked in the front door and asked yourself, is this 
as devastating as I thought it might be? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. That'll be tough for me, but (laughs) (laughs) it's me too. I'm a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist too. But, you know, I do find that uh, giving myself grace and allowing there to be mess ups really, really liberates me to experiment more. Otherwise, it's really easy to stay kind of in a box, right? Because yeah. it has to be perfect. It's really hard to leave the box. Absolutely. If, if there can be mistakes, it's it's easy to experiment. Then it's just less intimidating. Absolutely. So I'm going to try that even with and accept even the mistakes. Yay. And, uh, um, so that's the first project I have. And I have, uh, you know, a few more in, in a few more projects in mind and uh, we'll take it from there. But like I said, the ultimate project is to go to the, the animal shelter. I think that's a great goal. I think that's yeah. brilliant. Have you broken it down into whatever, like five to 10 different things that you'll do to, before you get there? I haven't numbered it because I don't want to put that pressure on myself. Gotcha. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I do in the back of my mind somewhere, you know, I, I, I have thought in terms of timeline and, uh, I, I, I am thinking that, you know, at some point in the summer, I do want to have gone Mm. to, to the animal shelter. That's good. That's a great plan. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's really well, good. Well, let's hope. <laughs> you'll do it. You you honestly, you'll crush this. You yes. are in the early stages. It makes complete sense after 13 years of isolation and mm-hmm. mounting anxiety about different things that you're going to find these hurdles big. But yes. you are being brave and saying, I recognize this hurdle feels big, but I'm still going to work my way. However short or small the steps have to be, I'm still going to move in the direction that gets me towards those goals. That's massive. That's huge courage. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, have any fresh insights or new ideas surfaced in your awareness in the last couple of weeks since since you met with us on the podcast? Well, I think more maybe aha moment. For me, Ron asked some really tough questions, but those are the good questions, right? Because they're mm-hmm. they make us really reflect and go deep. So I think for me, it's it's more about those moments. You know, living with chronic pain, it's I won't lie, it's difficult. But what always surprises me is how people are so quick to judge. It's you know, pain is so subjective. Mm-hmm. People question what they can't see. And my pain, you can't see it. So, I mean, I have a few scars, but I hide them pretty well. And people won't notice them at first. And for the most part, people don't notice it. And if they can't see it, they kind of question it. So I think a lot of the time and within meeting a new person, people, you know, what's the first few questions people ask? Well, what do you do for a living? And I just (laughs) framed at that question, you know, because what am I supposed to answer when people ask me that question? It's the worst question I get. I'm always anticipating that question because number one, I don't know how to answer it. Number two, I have to go into the story of the past 13 years and I don't always want to. And I feel that if I just 
quickly say, oh, I'm not working right now. Um, they kind of question why. And if I just say, oh, I suffer from chronic pain, I, I don't work right now. Then they kind of look at me up and down and wonder what is, you know, how come I, I suffer from chronic pain? I don't look like I have chronic pain. And they just kind of judge me on that. And, you know, for probably 10 years, I, I didn't wear any makeup because, you know, you, you don't feel like it. And yeah. And then I think when I met my, my present boyfriend, I started wearing makeup because I started feeling a little bit more alive. And then people that I knew, they kind of said, Oh, well, she's wearing makeup. She must be feeling better. She must have less pain, but it had nothing to do with my pain. You know, it didn't mm. change how I was feeling, but people are, are very quick, quick to judge. And I feel that like it's, it's so hard to get past that. And it, it goes a little bit with what I was saying before. It, it, it's also one of the reasons you kind of isolate yourself because you want to stay away from that. You know, I, I think that one of the key words I, I realized when I was thinking back of the podcast, I think one of the key words that came to mind was limit. And how during those 13 years, I was limited and I limited myself in so many ways. I was limited in my self-esteem. I limited uh, my potential, my energy, my motivation, even my capabilities as a mother. And it was just, I think after realizing that, it's a tough pill to swallow to realize that you allowed yourself to diminish yourself in that way. I think it's, you know, like I said in the beginning, for the first time in a long time, I, I feel optimistic about things to come. Mm -hmm. And so I feel that I'm slowly going to rebuild myself, you know, and that's a really exciting feeling. Of course, yeah. Recognizing that it took 13 years for you to sort of smush yourself down, you know, yeah. the, it took 13 years for that to happen. I think it's important to give yourself grace that this is not going to be an overnight. You're not just going to exactly. morph into pre pre accident Annie, right? You're yeah, going to take some time. But actually, it's the time that you're taking to do it that the most growth is going to happen. It's mm -hmm. the process that's going to be magic, right? Yeah. So I think if you em embrace this process, it sounds like where you're you're ready. I'm ready to take tiny little steps and move forward, but I'm not going to put this huge pressure on myself that I have to be some like social butterfly superstar out there making things happen in the world. And when someone asks me what I do for a living, I'm like, I am a blah, 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 whatever. Executive of blah, blah. You know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be that. Absolutely. You know, exactly. Because I was I was contemplating, you know, with the podcast and I, I was telling myself, I'm going to look like a huge failure. Part of me was like, I'm going to look like a huge failure three weeks later coming on the podcast saying I did absolutely nothing of what Ron asked. But at the same time, I said, yeah, I could come on the podcast and say I lied and I did everything that he asked and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm wonderful and I'm a superstar and, 
it's going great. But, you know, like, it's not real. It's, you know, exactly. This, this exactly. is me. This is how it went the last three weeks. And I, I absorbed everything. And yes, it's going really slow. But this is how it is. And I'm I will do it at my pace. But I will do it right. And it'll be it'll be real, you know, there's a couple takeaways I have from things I've heard you say. I'll mm-hmm. just throw them out there just for you to ponder. One, I've heard you say a lot of times already w- what people see, what people think, how people judge. And it seems to matter a lot to you. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is that you feel um, that there has to be measurable progress that you have to be able to have proof on the outside of things that are happening on the inside. And the powerful things that are happening on the inside are so much more impactful than anything you do on the outside. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I hope that you will accept that the only person whose opinion matters, it's yours. Right. You are only proving anything to yourself. You're You're your worst critic. And you're the standard you hold yourself to because the whole dialogue is going on in your brain. Mm -hmm. Half the time, what you're assuming people are thinking, they're probably not even thinking. It's you who's thinking that, right? Mm -hmm. So I think your measurable progress will be internally where you'll say, wow, you know, like a month ago, I wouldn't have even considered painting my front door. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to like whip out a brush and, and see what happens. And even, you know, three weeks from now, you might be like, wow, Janelle said I could make a mistake on my front door. And at the time that was like inconceivable. (laughs) But now look at me. I have like this little spot that's outside the line. And you know what? I'm alive. All is well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. You know, I have to, uh, that's one thing I have to, that's another thing I have to work on. (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) Hey, you know what? But it takes courage to show up um, and a follow-up recording and say, I didn't do the exact homework, but boy, have I ever been doing some internal work. I think that is the only thing that matters. Uh, It's the whole purpose of the podcast. It's human being versus human doing. Yeah. You are living the entire purpose of this podcast. And I'm so proud of you for courageously saying, no, you're, I didn't do anything. Actually, what mm-hmm. I did was I just sat with a lot of personal awareness and reflection. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. And Janelle, just for you, I'll put a little dot on the outside of the lines of my door when I paint it. Nice. <laughs> I love that. Good for you. I love that. Best if it's unintentional. Best if you just like you make a flub up and you go, oh, you know what? I'm going to leave it there. (laughs) I love it. What did you think of this episode? Join the private Change Evolutionist community chat to share your thoughts. Find the link in the show notes. You can now record or text a question through Pod Inbox. Just head over to podinbox.com forward slash human being project and set up an account. Your question, comment, or feedback, and our response to it may be featured in a future episode. So what are you waiting for? Never miss an episode. Get notification to your inbox when a new episode is released. Download to your device or listen wherever you get your podcasts. To get notifications, 
go to thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash subscribe. Ron Thiessen is a practicing psychologist and educator. To apply as a guest on the podcast, please visit thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash podcast guest.